Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Matthew twenty-two fourteen. Many are called, but few are chosen. And this morning I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject, the power of one choice. The power of one choice. God bless you, you may be seated. I've asked Brother Cordell to be my reader today, so I appreciate that, Brother Cordell. Amen. If the Sunday school children have not left, you are dismissed. Thank you for your patience. Have great church. Matthew chapter 22, 36 through 40. Brother Cordell. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Do you know that love is not a suggestion? It is a commandment. Jesus said, this is, this is a commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. It's a commandment, the greatest commandment. It's not optional. Now, as a human being, our first thought would be, well, how can you command somebody to love you? What gives you the right to command somebody to love you? Well, first of all, we need to understand our position. He is God and we are not. So if he chooses to make something a commandment, then that makes it a commandment. But he doesn't just make commandments because he's got a big ego. He makes commandments because he knows what's best for us and for us in him. You see, when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the devil doesn't have any territory to roam. Mind, soul, heart, strength, no place for him to roam. And when you love your neighbor as yourself, well then it's really difficult to sin. Because if you take a look even at the 10 commandments, they all have to do with relationship. Our relationship with God and our relationship with others. That's the only way you can sin. You don't steal from your brother. You don't take your brother's wife. You don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are commandments because they help us to interact with God and with one another. So love being a commandment actually is for our good. It also tells us a lot about our God. Tells us a lot about our God. Do you know why God went through all of this? Because he loves what he created and he wants what he created to love him. That's it. How's that for a short sermon? It's really just that simple. And you and I can relate to that because you and I have the same needs that God has. If we are created in God's image, then God must have the same needs that we have and we must have the same needs that he has. 
He needs to be loved. He wants to be loved. He requests that of you. And you know what? You need his love. And you need somebody to love. Those are the two most basic human needs that all of us, all of us have. Now, when he talked about the commandments, he said, he used a word here that I wanna, I wanna pull out for a minute. He used the word hang. I don't know if you caught that when Brother Cordell read it. But he said, on this hangs all the law and the commandments. You can either hang or you can hug. Now Judas hung. He hanged himself. But when we don't do what God asks us to do, when we don't love God and we don't love our neighbor as ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for a hanging. Boy, this is getting to be a real cowboy church, isn't it? Last week I was calling you out, and now today I'm talking about hangings. And... But everything hangs on love, loving God and loving each other. And if we don't get this, we're in a whole lot of trouble. And our love proves our mutual relationship and meets our mutual needs. Now, people can be called... I'm gonna take this a little bit further. People can be called and not be chosen. Did you know that? They can be called and they cannot be chosen. And I'm gonna prove this to you. Let's take a look here in the scripture. Let's go to our next uh, verse of scripture. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse one. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. A great name. Listen, we better be careful about the way we live because we've got a great name over us. And we wouldn't want to do anything to embarrass his name. And he's got our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And do you know how that came about? It came about by choices and then decisions. Choices and then decisions. Let me give you an example. In the Garden of Eden, we discovered that God gave us many gifts. One of those gifts was the gift of choice. He said, now, there's just one thing I ask of you. Now remember, there's no commandments, there's no law, none of that. He just says, there's one thing I ask of you. That tree right over there, don't eat of that tree. If you do, there will be consequences. And the consequences are, you will die. They didn't even know what death was. They had to make an assumption about death. They didn't see animals dying, they didn't see trees dying. But somehow they knew that it was a bad thing if they disobeyed and ate of that fruit. But that became a decision after several choices. Here's my point. I, I apologize to Sister Anz, I'm not preaching the message that she worked on all week. I got this, I, I don't know why God does this to me, but it's okay. And at 5.30 this morning, all oh, this just rushed in on, here's, here's my notes, handwritten. Very unprofessional. 
But he said, I'm gonna give you a choice. You can either obey me and prove your love to me, or you can disobey me and prove that you don't love me. But the decision to partake of the fruit only came about after several bad choices. Say, well, well, what are the choices? Man, if, if I knew the consequences, I think I'd stay away from the tree. It'd be a bad choice to go by the tree. That's a bad choice. And then if a snake starts talking to you, It would be a bad choice to listen to a snake. And it would be a bad choice to believe that God is trying to keep something from you. And they fell into all these bad choices and then they each made a bad decision. Now after they made the bad decision and partook of the fruit, they had other choices to make. The Lord comes and he starts questioning them about everything, hoping that they will repent, hoping that they will accept responsibility for their actions and say, oh, I'm so sorry, what a terrible mistake I've made. I accept full responsibility for my actions, but I ask for your mercy. But they don't do that. They start pointing fingers. Well, you know, it was the serpent and it was the woman and Nobody takes responsibility, that's a choice. They're making bad choices. Those bad choices lead them to expulsion from the Garden of Eden. It's choices that bring us to a bad decision. But even after bad decisions, we still have choices to make. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I hope you get this. I remember working at, uh, one of the jobs I had was I, I learned how to operate a printing press. I worked at Sunrise Printing in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, and I had a man that taught me how to run a printing press. He was about 10 years older than I was and had a, a really nice family and he had a beautiful wife and I got to know him as a friend, not just as he was mentoring me, but, but I thought that we were good friends. And then we had a Christmas party one year. And at the Christmas party, there was drinking going on, and I noticed that he was drinking, and I, I was kind of surprised, but he was drinking. I didn't think too much about it because most of the people that were there were drinking. But when the party was over, we all went home, and we had a nice weekend, and then we came back to work on Monday morning. And when I came to work on Monday morning, I asked where, and I'm purposely leaving his name out, I asked where the man was that was mentoring me and they said, you need to sit down. So I sat down and they said, this is what happened. Your friend went home after he'd been drinking, called his family into the living room, pulled a gun out of his pocket and killed himself in front of his family. I was glad that I was sitting down. I was instantly sick to my stomach as I heard the groans here. It's almost unimaginable to see something like that happen or to try and envision it in your mind. And I thought, how could a man make a decision like that? 
it was because of several bad choices that led to that point. I hope you're getting this. You see, the choices you make will bring you to a decision, a right decision or a wrong decision. And every decision that you make will affect everyone around you. See, you, you, it's not just about you. It's not about you. You're, I don't think sometimes we realize how many people we affect with our lives in either a positive or a negative way. It's, it's like throwing a stone into a pond and ripples come out. And lots of things are affected by that one stone that went in the water. We have to be very, very careful about our choices because our choices end up being our decisions and our decisions affect everybody around us. So as men of God, we have to be careful about the decisions we make in our household. We have to be careful. And for, and for us to say, I want to be selfish or I want to make this choice I, I, and not include our spouse or our family or the word of God or the spirit of God will bring us to a bad decision. But you've had opportunities to avoid a wrong decision, but your choices have brought you there. I came to realize that the man that I was working with, I didn't really know him as well as I thought I knew him. He had a drinking problem. I didn't know it because he didn't drink at work. The people that you work with, they got problems. But they wear masks. Everybody wears a mask these days. We go to work, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Really? Really, are you really doing great? But they want you to think they are. I've got it together. But the choices that they're making could lead them into a divorce. You think that somebody just wakes up one day and says, I don't love you anymore and I wanna divorce you? You've made some really bad choices. And those choices have brought you to a place where you're about to make a really bad decision. I hate to bring up names, but you know, I know you all read the newspapers. I know you hear basic news. I hear about people that, uh, a basketball coach that was in an affair. Prominent basketball coach in an affair. And do you know how long he was in the affair? Six years. Six years of hiding, lying, cheating. How does that happen? One bad choice after another. One bad decision after another. And if you keep making bad choices and wrong decisions, you can become reprobate and you don't even think it's wrong anymore. It's just life. That's the way people are. We're all only human. We all make mistakes. Justification for our bad decisions coming from our bad choices. Saul, Saul made a really bad decision. We talked about him and how he spared the animals. Bad decision. But it came from bad choices. 
And our choices, our choices are very important. They can stop us from making bad decisions. Now let's take a look here at Luke. Luke chapter 6, 12 through 13. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and, said, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. He had called many people. Many people, not just the twelve disciples. He called a lot more than twelve disciples. But he took a night and he said, here's what I'm going to do. I can't mentor all of these people that I have called. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to mentor 12 and they will become apostles. But in order to do that, I'm gonna get away from everybody and from everything and I'm gonna spend a night without sleep and I'm gonna pray to determine the 12 that I will choose. And that's what he does. And then, after that, and he takes into consideration, he takes into consideration the teaching that he's given, the questions that they've asked, the conversations that, we, that they've had. He takes all of this into consideration and he comes to a calculation. And he says, these are the 12. And he calls them and then he chooses them the next day. Now the text that we read said, many are called, but few are chosen. Because God's calling everyone to repentance, isn't he? Isn't that what the scripture says? The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now he calleth all men unto repentance. So there are some things that are called upon all people, but not all people are chosen. So what determines whether or not God chooses you? Choices. Choices you make, decisions you make. And those decisions are vital to your being chosen. Look, look at the benefits of chosen here. This is John chapter 15, 16 through 17. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I commanded you, that ye love one another. So he goes back to the commandments again when he talks about being chosen. Hmm. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 19. 19, 16 through 22. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, which Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Oh. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith, saith unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. 
But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now listen to this, young people. This guy's got it all. This is a Cornelius person. He is. What has he got going for him? Well, he's young. You don't have to wait till you're old to serve God. Make good choices and make good decisions. Well, you know, I'm young and I gotta sow my wild oats and I gotta find out what the world has to offer me. Not this guy. All these have I kept, Jesus. Those commandments you listed, I kept them all from my youth up. He's young and Jesus doesn't argue with him and say, well, you know, no, he doesn't. Another thing he's got going for him, he's rich. He's got a lot of money. He's wealthy. He's respected. He's admired. Another thing he's got going for him, he's a ruler. That means he's got authority. People listen to what he says. He can order people around. Man, you got it all. You're, you've, you've kept the commandments. You're rich. You're young. You're a ruler. You got it all. Do I lack anything? Jesus said, well, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your wealth and I want you to sell everything you got and take it and give it to people that haven't earned it. They're poor. And he thinks to himself, why would I do that? I've worked so hard to get this wealth. And who am I without my youth, my authority, and my wealth? I can't do that, Jesus. You've asked too much of me. And in one decision, he lost his opportunity to be chosen. One decision. All of his life. Up to this point, he's done a great job. He's got a lot going for him. This is the kind of guy you'd like to have as a buddy. You go hunting, he'll pay for the trip. You go out to dinner, he picks up the tab. That's the kind of guy you want as a friend. But in one decision, great sorrow came over his life. From one decision, not a choice, a decision. The decision was, I'm not going to do what you've asked me to do. That is a decision. Now, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I know this much. Everybody within the sound of my voice has been called. The choosing is up to God and it's up to you. You can choose to serve God or you can choose not to serve God. You made a choice. We've made a lot of choices before we ever even came into church today. Did you know that? You made a choice last night that you were gonna go to bed at a reasonable hour. You made a choice when you got up this morning that you were gonna get up early enough to get ready to come to church. 
You made a choice to come into the sanctuary and you made a choice to worship God. You made a choice that you wanted to hear the word of the Lord. You didn't get up and walk out on the preacher. But when it's all said and done, the preacher is going to ask you to make a decision. Based upon your choices, you're in a good position to make the right decision. But it's still your decision. Even after you've made all the right choices, just as the rich young ruler did. It's always your choice. And ultimately your choices help you to make your decision. Your decision. And let me say this. Today's choices become tomorrow's decisions. Today's choices will become tomorrow's decisions. And what you plant today, you'll reap tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your choices have brought you to a decision. So when we know that something is wrong for our lives, we need to instantly make a choice to leave it. I be, now this is just me and I'm not trying to start a new doctrine, okay? This is, just how, this is just how I feel. I believe that part of what the Holy Spirit is in our, in our lives is a glorified conscience. You know, remember when you were a kid and you did something that was wrong and you lied about it and your conscience kicked in and said, I could get caught in a lie. I've not only stolen something, I could get caught in a lie and that's gonna be worse. What was that? That was a conscience. You You didn't know the scripture. You didn't know the 10 commandments. You didn't know all of the law. But you had a conscience. And that conscience let you know, don't lie to your daddy. Don't steal from the store. Don't swear somebody's going to correct you. They might wash your mouth out with soap. Anybody ever get their mouth washed out with soap? And pretty soon you realize, even though you may not know the scripture, after enough wrong choices, you're not going to make that decision again. Your choices are leading you to a decision. Take a look here at Joshua chapter 24. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the goods, the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye shall, whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Wow. Here's here's your choices, Joshua says. You can become traditional because your parents did it, you do it. Traditional. You can become worldly. All your friends in the world are doing it, so you you choose to make the wrong choices to who you're gonna serve in the world. But I'll tell you what my choice is and what my decision will have to be every day forward. As for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. Not only will we love the Lord, we will serve the Lord. See, loving God brings, loving God should have a maturity to it. Let me explain that to you. When we come to God, oftentimes we come to God because we have a need. Well, why are, you, why, why are you going to church? Well, you know, my life's messed up. I got these problems. I got those problems. I'm, I'm hurting financially. I got problems in my marriage. I'm, I'm addicted to this, and I realize it. And I'm, I'm trying to get God to help me. Good choice. Good choice. But just because you've made a choice doesn't mean you've made a decision. And you can come to God because you feel you don't have another choice. And you hope that God will help you and so you you say the right things and you give the appearance that you love the Lord. But unless you truly, truly love the Lord, you won't stay long. Because when your needs are met, if you don't fall in love with God, if you don't desire to serve him because you love him, not because you owe him, I serve him because I love him. Remember Exodus? I've quoted it to you lots of times about the guy that that became a slave to a Hebrew. He would work for six years, remember? Six years, but on the seventh year, you had to let him go. That was as long as you could keep him. And the rules were this. When you let him go, if he got a wife while he was under your house, then the wife and the children stayed with you. So if you don't want to serve God, and you want to leave, and God gave you that wife and gave you those kids, then that's your choice. You've made a bad decision. But your children and your wife don't have to suffer for it because they can continue to have a relationship with their master because they love him. But if you come to the conclusion, this is the conclusion of this, I love my master, I love my wife, and I love my children, I will not leave my master's house. You've made a decision based upon love, and that decision will be witnessed by everybody in the community because the master is gonna bring you to a post and knock a hole in your ear with an awl And everybody's gonna see that mark in your ear and know that you are a love servant because you made a decision. You could have went the other way. But you made a decision. And now you are forever. Not for six years. Somebody preach with me. You are forever a love servant. A love servant. Praise God. But it took a lot of choices to get to one decision, didn't it? You remember? Can you do you have any flashbacks about how you came to know the Lord? Do you remember when you came in the and the people were wild in the worship service and you said, ooh. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I'm in the right place. Maybe I should make the choice to look for another church, and some people do. Or do you remember when the, 
when the pre- you thought the preacher preached too loud or he preached too long, and that didn't fit your style, so you made a choice. Or let's be positive. Do you remember when you first felt, felt the presence of God? And you made a choice that you weren't going to worry about what other people thought about you. You were just going to entertain the presence of the Lord and worship him yourself. And you lifted up your hands and you felt the presence of That was a choice that you made. And it was a good choice. And do you remember how the word of the Lord was being preached and you were so glad that you had a preacher that was preaching it straight? And when he called you to the altar and said, hey, God wants to be merciful to you today. God wants to grant you repentance. And you felt so guilty. Do you remember the choice you made? Should I go to the altar or shouldn't I? And the decision you made when you came to the altar and you said, God, I'm really, I'm serious about this. I'm really going to live for you. I'm going to learn everything I can about your word. I'm going to learn everything I can about your will for my life. You started making decisions that led you to a relationship in which you now love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you can start loving your neighbor as yourself. And then there's only one group left, and that's your brother or your sister. It started with a few choices that led you to a decision. First Peter chapter two, seven through 10, please. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the, which the builder disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which, this, which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, yes. a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. There it is. But now. You laughed at Jesus before. You might have even been one of those people that mocked him. You might have been one of those people that took his name in vain. But now, you're the people of God. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. But now, why? I made some choices. I made some decisions. I drove a stake in the ground. This is is who I am, this is where I'm gonna stay. This is what I'm gonna do. One of the greatest revelations that I ever had, I just received a few months ago and I wanna give it to you in closing today. We are so concerned about other people. We are too concerned about other people. And I'm just gonna confess something to you. I, I really try to please as many people as I can. Maybe that's a fault. I want people to be happy. I want people to like me. I, I, I try to do that. I'm not a hard, mean-spirited guy. But God spoke to me one day, and I know it was God, and I'm gonna give this to you because I think it can help you. And this is what God said to me. He said, Rick, first be what I 
want you to be before you try to be what others need you to be. There's a difference. And when you get them flip-flopped, you're making bad decisions. Bad decisions. We can get so concerned about people that we want to please them. I heard one guy say, he said, I'm not coming to your church anymore. And the preacher said, why is that? And he said, because you, preacher, you rubbed me the wrong way. And the preacher said, well, then just turn around. (laughs) Hey, that's a decision. Baptism in Jesus' name, that's a decision. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, not leaving the altar until you're filled with the Holy Ghost, that's a decision. You made a choice to get here, now make a decision not to leave the way you came. Not to leave the way you came, but to leave filled with the Holy Ghost. With the joy of the Lord is your strength. Lift up the hands that hang down. Lift up your voice to the Lord. Lift up your eyes to the Lord. Let's stand together. Last verse of scripture. We can be called, but we wanna be chosen. Amen? But hear this verse of scripture, Revelation 17, 14. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Ah, there it is. Do you see the order here? The called. We spent a lot of time on the chosen, but the chosen need to be chosen need to be faithful. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Well done, you good, and you Jesus, I pray today, I pray that you will bring the response you want from this congregation. Help these people to make the right choice and to come to this altar today where they can make decisions that will alter their lives. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262 965 5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.